What's up, fantasy world? Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy's Finest Podcast. We're at episode four. After taking a brief sabbatical, I got a chance to step away and celebrate 11 years with the wife. Uh, so we got that done, and now we're back to recording another podcast. Of course, I have my main man, Jalen McQueen, alongside for the recording. Say what's up, man. Yo, I'm here. Enthusiastic <laughs> as always. <laughs> okay. This episode, we're going to be getting into our wide receiver rankings. We finished running backs. Now we're going to keep moving forward our uh, wide receiver rankings 1 through 10. Uh, I'll say for me it was particularly difficult to get my rankings down because there were so many choices. Uh, it was just all these guys are – they're – very they're they're like almost the elite of the elite as far as wide receivers is concerned to me um especially my top three we'll get into that as we go to the list um it took me a while i don't know about you jalen but it took me a while to even get past the first three because they were so evenly matched it was like pulling pulling hairs almost i had a i mean I had a hard time with this one, too. Um, reason being is because I had to make a lot of changes with all the news that comes out, all the off-season moves, just hearing stuff week by week. I had to make a bunch of changes and do a lot more research than I planned, so I probably changed this about four or five times already. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm interested to see where you have which guys you have ranked? Because I know your list is going to be totally different from mine. Probably. All right. So before we get into our main, the main part of our episode, uh, as always, be sure to follow us on all your social media, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, under Fantasy's Finest. Uh, you can also follow me and Jalen at our respective Twitter handles. Of course, I am, I am Hyperion underscore FPH. And Jalen is ace underscore game time 215. Remember, too, that the podcast is also available on Google, Apple, Spotify, and a bunch of others. So please search us out at Fantasy's Finest. That's P-H, not F. And leave us some feedback on the on the, um, the rating system for the podcast on each of those platforms. And let us know how we do each week. So without further ado, before we get into our wide receiver rankings let's go around the news let's go around the nfl first and find out what's been going on uh, in our news segment all right first up we got to go to dallas texas because you know our guy amari cooper has some lofty goals this year He's told reporters in a recent interview that he wants to get 2,000 yards receiving in the 2019 season. What do you think? Um, I don't. I will say this: I love Amari Cooper. Um, I really feel like he is kind of like towards the next. Well, when you want to talk about like Dak friendly, how they making the team Dak friendly. I feel like he fits more so of a Dak-friendly team than Dez did. Um, when you just listen to Omari talk, 
Uh, you know, he's humble. He just wants to get better. And I like that about Amari to go alongside Dak. Now, with that being said, I really don't have an opinion on his 2,000 or his goal to try to get 2,000 yards this season. And the biggest reason why is because we haven't seen uh, Kellen Moore call a play. So we don't know how much of a change the offense will go through for him to even get to that number. But I will say, if the offense takes that next step, I mean, you can't be any worse than Scott Linehan. But if it does take that next step, and just going off the games that Amari has played with Dak, I think that's realistic. But Dak has to drop back at least 35-plus times in order to pass the ball. Um, But I do love the enthusiasm from Amari. I do love the fact that he wants to get better and, you know, wants to build that chemistry with Dak. So... If I could get a 2000 season, that's freaking amazing. But uh, I just I gotta see it first. I can't I can't really comment on it. Will, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I I like the fact that he's shooting for a goal, but realistically, the, it ain't gonna happen. There's there hasn't been a receiver to hit 2000, I think ever. And the only person that's been close enough to get to that goal was uh, Calvin Johnson, and he only got a little over 19, 1,900 yards, like 1960. Not true. 1960, somewhere around there. I mean, who, what receiver you know that has that's hit uh, 2,000 yards? I don't think it was hit. I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Julio was close. I think he had like 18, yeah, 2,000. 2015, he had basically 1,900 yards. In basically, well, it was 1871. I mean, it's 29 yards off of 1,900. It's 1,900. Yeah, that's not closer than Calvin Johnson. So well, it's not 2,000 yards. Close. You're talking about 129 yards from 2,000. Look, I just said no receiver has hit 2,000 yards. It's hard to do. Amari Cooper is not going to hit that number. If he can give us like fifteen hundred, anywhere between thirteen and fifteen hundred, that's golden. But two thousand yards, if he hits that, I, I don't know. That that'll be spectacular, but not not likely. All right, moving on. Tariq Hill has met with the NFL for a meeting that nearly took eight hours uh, this week. Uh, the meeting is probably to interview him over the recent allegations of child abuse that he's been going through with uh, the DA and uh, child services. And there's also been rumors of him getting suspended or possibly getting seeing a suspension from the league. Um, there's a lot of numbers floating around between six, I'll say four to eight games. Uh, it's, it's a big deal about him. Uh, man, it's like where to start with this guy because <laughs> – he hasn't – the league has been dragging their feet in regards to doing anything as far as suspensions. And now it's starting to pop up that, you know, they might suspend him for, you know, like I said, four to four to eight games. Do you really think that the league is going to do anything? Because they said they've been waiting for the investigations to be closed before they render any decision. I don't – no. I don't think anything is going to happen to Tyreek Hill, especially I think with the – pictures that leak with his with his, his wife or fiance saying that 
she basically set him up and I'm pretty sure he can use that as leverage. I, I don't know what to think of the situation, but I think I don't think anything is going to happen. If it does, I'm I'm going to guess two games he gets suspended. Two it's, games will be. I just well yeah two I, two games is a little, but I mean if he got a wife or fiance ready to take the fall for it, <laughs> two games <laughs> I think is it. Um, now if, if this was Zeke. He'll be suspended for the whole season. So I just need the commissioner to keep that same exact energy when things like this happen to other players outside of the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, that's another thing. And it's shocking that Kansas City hasn't, like, given them the boot like they did Kareem Hunt. Now, granted, there was a video involved with Kareem Hunt, him field goal kicking a chick in the face. <laughs> but these allegations, you know, I'll put you like this. I'm not a, I'm not a proponent of players losing their jobs for making mistakes like this only because it's not like if, if it's an everyday, th- it, I don't know. It's just, should there be punishments? Yes. Should he be fine? Possibly. Should he lose his job? I don't know. It's just, I know the realm of the NFL is different from the everyday job. I, I don't know. I, he does need to be suspended. He definitely needs to be suspended, whether the allegations are true or not. So maybe we'll find out something sooner rather than later because it seems like the NFL is just going to keep dragging their feet until child services is done with on their end. All right, moving forward. Reports out of San Fran are that Tevin Coleman looks like the closest thing to a lead back that uh, – that's been hitting the field so far during OTAs and minicamp. Um, Jarek McKinnon hasn't been cleared to practice yet, as he's still recovering from an ACL injury from last season. Uh, Matt Breda is also recovering. He tore his pec earlier in OTAs, and he's been out. They're saying he's going to be back for training camp, but so far neither of those two guys have been able to practice or at least practice in full. And then you have Raheem Morstead, He's more of a – I think he's more of like a special teams guy, and you have Jeff Wilson. Those two guys are on the bottom of the running back depth chart. So do are you buying the fact that Tevin Coleman looks like he's got the job so far? No. I just think it's the fact that he's the only one that OTAs in, in uh, minicamp right now, and they have uh, nothing, nothing else to go by. But if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the 49ers the same topic we talked about, uh, I believe, on, like, episode, was that one or two, where they said uh, they're going to try to use all of the running backs? Didn't they say that? Yeah, it was more like uh, Kyle Shanahan said that the running backs will uh, – I wish I had a direct quote. But it's more like, you know, the running backs will – you know, the the job will come to them and, you know, it'll sort it, it was somewhere along the lines of it'll sort itself out with among they'll sort it out with amongst the running backs. And it was like, huh? Like you're not gonna pick one. You're just gonna let them, you know, whoever shines the most, like what kind of what is that? Right. So it was it was more along those lines. Um I, I me personally I think Tevin Coleman's got the job. He was brought in during free agency. He's bigger than Jarek McKinnon. He can pass. He can catch out the backfield. Um, he's not as injury prone as 
the other running backs on the list. And he knows Kyle Shanahan's uh, system probably better than the others, uh, especially leading into training camp. I think he's got the edge there because he has the rapport uh, with Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, McKin- like I said, McKenna's not cleared to practice yet. And Matt Breda, he's brittle, you know. So I think Tevin Coleman's got the edge. If you're drafting – if I'm drafting, um, he's my target. I'm t- I'm looking at Tevin Coleman, and I'm trying to get him around. I think he's going around seven for eighth. He would be the target to have a nice flex spot. I think All so, right. but I mean, I don't think it's. I don't believe anything with the 49ers <laughs> and their running back, especially if I know Tevin Coleman. No, mm-hmm. not at all. Call, calling uh, what is it, Kyle Sh- Sh- Shenanigans? <laughs> that's exactly his name. Like you got that's Bill, exactly his name. you got Bill Bellatrix in uh, New England. You got Kyle <laughs> Kyle Shenanigans, yeah, in, in the Forty Niners. <laughs> yep. Now speaking of shenanigans, in New York, Daniel Hi- Daniel Jones is getting a lot of hype. Uh, the last week, Pat Shermer has said that he hasn't ruled out starting Jones in Week One. He's quoted as saying. You never know what's going to happen. Now, you got to be kidding me with this. After all this time during the offseason, they've been gassing up Eli Manning, saying that, you know, nothing's wrong with him. He can still play. He's still got some left, something left in the tank. And now all of a sudden you're going to start pumping up Daniel Jones. Like, he can start week one. Like, this is just, to me, this just screams, you know what, we did pick Daniel Jones six overall in the first round. We can't really justify not starting him because we, you know, he looks like he's a starting caliber quarterback. It's like they're trying to, they kind of, they're trying to show us like, oh, you know, we know what we're doing, and it, it doesn't seem like they know what they're doing at all. Like, if you got a number one quarterback, start him. Otherwise, why are y'all trying to do the bait and switch now? I hopefully the Giants stay the Giants because this is just good news for everybody in the NFC. Just one less team that you got to worry about. <laughs> the Giants are going to remain the team that you're trying to beat at the end of the season like we did just to make it look pretty because we went from Eli Manning is going to be the starter and now we're – well, you never know what's going to happen week one. Yeah, we all know what's going to happen week one because Eli isn't special. Eli is Eli. He won two Super Bowls by accident. Now in OTAs and minicamp, you see that he's exactly how the rest of the NFL views him. you got no choice but to start the rookie. If you start Eli Manning, you're going to th- you're going 3-13 and again, at least with the rookie can know. He probably couldn't do worse than Eli. I give him four and twelve. But why would you want to keep sending Eli in there to take those beatings? Like move on with your franchise. They hanging on to the two Super Bowls that he shouldn't even have won. Either <laughs> one of them. So I mean, they hanging on to that, and I understand. Like Peyton, I mean Peyton was way better than Eli. You see how the Colts did him? They just threw Andrew Luck in the fire. Why? Why is it taking so long for Eli to 
get out of the league. I just don't understand. Like, what is so special about <laughs> Eli Manning that he's like, oh, I really don't want to sit him. Like, no, <laughs> he's not. He's not good anymore. I don't think he was good to begin with. But goodness gracious, Daniel Jones deserves that. I mean, that's you don't draft a QB that high with if if uh, you still think that Eli Manning is going to be the starting quarterback. You just don't do that. Hey, I can't argue with that, man. All I know is the Giants look like a really big dumpster fire this season, and I'm here or, for it. Or last season. Or the season before that. They are bottom of the fire this season. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for it. Right. But that'll wrap up our new segment. Now we can get right into our wide receiver rankings. So let's wrap this up and jump right into our, our next segment. All right. Now what everyone has been waiting for, our wide receiver rankings uh, for the 2019 fantasy draft. Like I said in the outset, this was particularly hard for me. I know you said that you've changed your wide receiver rankings a few times. Uh, I think it got a little bit easier for me after I got past the first three. So let's not hold out any longer. Um, for your our number one, or say my number one overall wide receiver, uh, I had to go with Devontae Adams. What the? Yeah. Now hear me out. This is the reason why I went with Devontae Adams. Because I was struggling the whole time to go between Adams, Hopkins, and Julio Jones. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I just got to get this shame off my face. <laughs> what shame? What shame? I mean... All right, I, I I hit you with some logic real quick. Okay, now, but okay, first I looked at their targets. Devontae Adams only missed one target off of uh, Julio Jones. Adams had 169 targets last year. Julio had 170. Hopkins had 163 targets. That right there kind of tilted towards uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, coming in for next season. They're all heavily targeted wide receivers. They all have over 95% uh, snap shares in each of their offenses. But one of the things that kind of sensed it for me too was something that Aaron Rodgers said um, this offseason. He said he wanted to get Devontae Adams the ball even more so than he did last year. More than 169 targets last year? That's crazy. And Julio Jones had 170 and Rodgers wants to even throw the ball to him even more. Like that kind of that kind of upside when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the game. I, I how can you not how can you not look at that? And then from there, I went on to look at the their targets, their target percentage inside the end zone. Uh Devontae Adams actually had a higher target share inside the end zone. Uh, than Julio Jones did last year at um, almost 40% to Julio's 32. And Hopkins, his red zone percentage was 44 to Devontae Adams' 40. 40 it was very close. It was like 44.4% for De, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and 
44.3% for Devontae Adams. So that's like splitting hairs right there. But between the targets, the uh, target shares inside the end zone and the red zone, Devontae Adams gets that edge. And then Rodgers wants to target him more. How can you not benefit from having Devontae Adams? And then Devontae Adams finished uh, fourth last season in fantasy. The other two, the other three guys were Tariq Hill, Julio Jones, and DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see how that's a loss. But who do you got to show? Who did you got to show number one overall? <sighs> Before I even tell you who's my number one, I just want to let you know that I have top, or well, you know, we got top 20. Uh, next episode, we'll do the uh, 11 through 20. I just want you to know that. Devonta Adams is eleven through twenty, because what you can't base. First of all, Aaron Rodgers talks a bunch of crap. He's a crap talker. That's what he is. He, Aaron Rodgers, number one last season, broke a record for throwaways. Yeah, he's targeting, him, but Aaron Rodgers cares so much about stats that I don't see him throwing the ball to Devonta Adams any more than what he has done. Aaron Rodgers cares too much about his uh, TD to uh, INT ratio. Devontae Adams, and then not only just that, out of all the seasons Devontae Devontae Adams has been in the league, just last season was he uh, above 1,000 yards. Uh, Time out, time out. Before you keep going, I'm going to save you right now. I'm going to save you right now. I'm going to tell you. To go back and look, <laughs> because if Twitter gets this, they're going to let you have it. Devontae Adams has had more than 1,000 wide receivers. He's had more than 1,000-yard season. I want to give you time to look, because okay. he has not. Oh, boy. And before you say, and see, I figured, and for everybody listening to this podcast, I figured Devontae Adams would be in your top 10. I did not think that he would be number one. I said it was close. No, it's not close. He's not top 10. Are you kidding me? No, he's not. Listen, I could I could do this all day. Let me read the stats for, for y'all so y'all can bash Will on Twitter. I mean, 2016, he had 997 yards, but it's not 1,000. It ain't. Because that's what you just told me, right? When we was talking about, uh, what was we just talking about? You know what? It don't even matter. It's not 1,000. We're looking at 885, 997, 483, and 446. So last season, it looks like a fluke that he even was able to reach 1,300 yards. So just that base alone, how the heck is he number one? But listen, it's your ranking, all right? <laughs> I'm gonna give you my number one. Hold on, number hold on. One. Somebody messed up my computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that's what happens when you actually do research. You know what I'm saying? Oh, hold on, hold on. You're not gonna try to just cover up my neck like that. Okay, you all right? I, I can admit that you're all right. I, listen, now I if, he at doesn't the backlash, if he doesn't get the backlash that I got when I posted my top ten running backs, then Twitter, I'm. Unfollowed all of y'all. I'm telling you, but nobody's gonna. First of all, nobody's gonna say that Devontae Adams shouldn't be I, at well, least in the top ten. You don't even have him in your top ten. You just admitted that. 
No, I don't. And I have good reason, or the people that I have above Devontae Adams will, well, it's a good reason to why they're ahead. But let's start with my number one. My mm-hmm. number one, of course, and it should be everybody's number one except the dude I'm talking to right now, is DeAndre Hopkins. How is he not your number one? Number one, first of all, let's start off with saying he has had zero drops this season, Will. 115 receptions, 1572 yards with a 14 uh, yard per catch average and 11 touchdowns. He is virtually unstoppable and has been for like the, the past five years. And the last two seasons has been with the Sean Watson. Before that, you got QBs like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, QBs who are average that DeAndre Hopkins has made or has made them look pretty good. And each of those seasons in the past five has a thousand yard seasons. And you can't game plan for DeAndre Hopkins. You just can't. And it's a first down every time he drops the ball. Like, I, I mean, this dude is unbelievable. And if he is not your right receiver pick, I don't know who else is. Now, personally, I have had DeAndre Hopkins probably, I think, what about the past two or three seasons? And he's like, uh, he's going to get you 20, 20 plus points every game. And that's just how it is. It don't matter if they say he's questionable for the game he's going to play. This dude is unstoppable. So forget about the targets, how many targets. No, let's talk about how many he caught, what he did when he got the ball. And, Devon, and you know, doesn't include fluky seasons because the dude I just mentioned has five of those seasons straight. But, you know, DeAndre Hawkins is my number one. Okay. <laughs> let me And let me remind everybody that I said that I was wrong. I did, I did get the, the stats mixed up. That's my fault. I was looking at something else. But you better stay off Wikipedia, man. <laughs> but to say, <laughs> but to say that Devonte Adams' season is a fluke is outrageous. When you look at the other wide receivers that have been before him that have built a rapport with uh, Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, those those wide receivers didn't have one fluky season and it turned into a, a multiple thousand yard season. Devontae Adams had to – he was stuck behind people. Okay. But, but with that being said, but when we go by, number one, and if you had red zone like I do, then you can – well, you know, you don't watch all the games, but you can see – you pretty much can see all the games. And I'm just saying, since 2014, Will, he has had 1,000-yard season. That doesn't seem – we just talk about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl out of 52 years. And it's, and we say, oh, that's that's a fluke Super Bowl because the very next year they got bounced, right? How can mm-hmm. you not say the same exact thing with Devontae Adams? Because one, he had in 2017, who was there? Jordy Nelson. And then Aaron Rodgers, I believe Aaron Rodgers got hurt in 2017. I think he and did. he missed the playoffs. So you not only didn't have and he still managed to score double digit touchdowns. On top of that, that's true. The following season. You get Aaron Rodgers for almost the whole season, and he puts up numbers. 13, but, over 1,300 yards and still double-digit touchdowns. Can I He's stop had double right digit, there? Hold on, hold on. He had double-digit touchdowns the last two or three seasons? Three seasons, yep. Three seasons. So that's not a fluke. Now all he needs to now is the yards. 
And he's no, going to get those because he's going he's gonna to get the targets in that system. That's the not a fluke. touchdowns are not a fluke. But to say that he is number one, that's the biggest problem. Number okay, one. Okay, okay, okay. All right, let, let me let me do this right now, and then we'll move on to the number two. <laughs> who's, okay. Who's, who's a better quarterback, Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson? Aaron Rodgers. Boom. I'm, I'm done. I'm, that's all I got to say. No, you no have a quarterback, that's not context. Have a that's not context. We have a quarterback, the quality, the quality of quarterback that you have, and Aaron Rodgers and what he could do and how efficient he is with the ball, there's there's nothing else to be said. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins is a wide receiver. I'm not taking that away from him. But when you compare what a quarterback does between the boat between Watson and Rodgers, Rodgers is going to come out on top. And I'm not saying Watson is a slouch either. I'm just saying clearly Aaron Rodgers is better than Deshaun Watson. He's more okay. efficient than Deshaun Watson, which means okay. he's going to fall in perfect spots for Devontae Adams to succeed. Okay. Now let me hit you back with another question before we move on to number two. So, out of Aaron Rodgers and uh, Deshaun Watson, right? Mm-hmm. How long has Aaron Rodgers been playing for Green Bay? Really? We're going to play that game now? How long? Wait. Answer the question. How long has Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers been playing for Green Bay together? I think the last two two seasons, three seasons maybe, off the top of my head. So so Aaron Rodgers wasn't there in 2014? No. You said Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. How yeah. long have they been playing together? It's only yeah. been a couple of seasons. Okay. So in those couple of seasons – that you just mentioned, how many times has Devontae Adams had 1,000 yards? Why is that, though? It don't matter why it is. Yeah, it Who's been in front okay. of wait, 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 okay. L- last season, Aaron Rodgers was hurt, right? <laughs> he had 885 receiving yards. Yeah. Who was throwing and, to him? Uh, What's his name? Uh, Kaiser? Mm-hmm. So... 2016, when we, when the Cowboys, well, you know, whatever, that Cowboys never met. He had 997. 2015, I don't remember Aaron Rodgers being hurt, I don't think. He had 483. 2014, he had 446. And you said last season, well, he was behind Jordy Nelson. You know how many receiving yards Jordy Nelson had? In 2000, when? In 2017? Yeah. Because you said he was behind Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson didn't even hit 500 receiving yards. And then he didn't he get uh didn't he get traded? Yeah, he went to Oakland. Uh in the middle of the season. Uh, I, I'm I don't think. Was so. it the middle of the season? No, I think he got. I th- that's, no, I think he he started with Oakland. I believe. He started with Oakland. Yeah, I believe he started with Oakland. But my point is, matter of fact, I'm not even mad that you have him in your top ten because, like I said, I expected it. <laughs> but to be number one, number one, listen, man, let's go on to number two. You're going to make me mad over here. <laughs> All right, so number two, for my number two wide receiver, I have DeAndre Hopkins. And like I said, it's not, it's not a slight to DeAndre. I just think that the combination of Devontae Adams and Rodgers is a little bit more lethal than Deshaun Watson. And... DeAndre Hopkins. But the reason I have Hopkins at two is because he scored less touchdowns than 
um, Devontae Adams last year, but he still had 163 targets, which means he's still going to be a heavily used wide receiver um, for the Texans. He ranked fifth in targets overall amongst wide receivers. Uh, I just think that he is, he's a freak of nature. Um, he, Like you said, he catches everything that's thrown to him. I just think when it comes to offenses overall, the Packers – Air, the Packers air attack is just more lethal. Will Fuller is with Houston, but he gets hurt too much. He's True. hurt every he's hurt every year. So True. that means that's even more pressure on De- DeAndre Hopkins to succeed. And then DeAndre Hopkins plays through games sometimes and he gets nicked up a little bit. So it's not I don't know. I just think that it's close when you compare all three. I think they just get it's, – it's basically splitting hairs. It really is because they're all very good. It's like what is it about one that has um, something a little higher over the other? And that's what I get when I look at, you know, Adams, Hopkins, and Julio Jones. All right. Number five I go to my number two, <laughs> I got I to gotta comment on yours again. This is the thing I think that's that you're looking a little bit too much into is the targets because I'm a, this is only about what you do on the field. What what the heck does it matter if Devontae gets 170 targets but catches let's say let's say he catches 90 of them. It, it, I mean, it don't matter. The, the the targets that he missed, that doesn't matter when it comes to fantasy. It don't matter if it comes to the NFL. I think yeah. you shouldn't have used the rank. You shouldn't have used the targets. That's just targets. Targets equal opportunity. If you're not That's getting true. targets, you're not getting an opportunity, which means you're not putting up points. Even if you're super efficient, if you're only getting 80 targets, you're not going to be a number one wide receiver with just 80 targets. You'd have to catch. You, you, oh, I can't wait to go ahead. I, I can't wait till we get deeper into this into this All list right. because I'm going to hit you with some receivers. That's going. I'm 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 really interested. This is this is good though. This is good that our lists are different. This is good. But okay, number two. Who's your number two? Julio. Okay. Now I had a real hard time between putting Julio first or Hopkins first. Um, Julio last season, 113 receptions, 1677 with a 15 average and eight touchdowns. Now, the same way I feel about Hopkins, this is the same way I feel about Julio, essentially. Um, both are absolute monsters, but the reason I got Hopkins above him is simply because Hopkins scores more. Um, Julio hasn't had a double digit touchdown season in like seven years, and uh, that was the only one, uh, whereas, like, that was the only season where he has had double-digit touchdowns, whereas Hopkins has had three seasons with double-digit touchdowns. So, but for Julio, um, definitely a monster, and he should be, you know, either one or two on your list uh, because we all know what Julio does with the Falcons and their receiving core, and it doesn't matter how much attention Julio gets, he's going to get his numbers. Now the only problem is with that, like you said, you gotta be able to score the you gotta be able to score the football. And out of seventeen games, I'm gonna need a little bit more 
than eight touchdowns, but what the heck doesn't matter if he's going to give you 1,700 yards. But see, that's why I can't I couldn't put Julio in my top two until he shows me that he can score um, more touchdowns. Because that's the only that's the only real knock against Julio Jones. Yeah, I'm gonna say like yeah, at least we agree with that because that is the only knock against Julio. Yeah, he's gonna give you he's gonna get the targets, he's gonna give you receptions, and he's gonna give you a boatload of yards. Mm-hmm. But you gotta be able to score more. And it's weird that they don't use him a lot in the red zone. Like you think right. that they a guy that big who can catch like like Julio can, and who's that dynamic? You think they would use him better, or more so in the red zone? Like, I know they got Calvin Ridley now, but it's like before Calvin Ridley got there, why weren't they targeting him in the red zone? I think they were, but I mean, same thing like you know with other elite receivers. Once you get in the red zone, Julio is doubled sometimes, triple. I mean. But now, like you said, well, really, it opens it up a little bit. Maybe he, you know, maybe he might be able to score a little bit more. But I'm just saying, I'll, since Julio's been in the league, he has had one season with double-digit touchdowns. So I, I don't really think that may be the case. Because, um, you know, all right, let's shut down Julio and we'll let whoever else go off. But the problem is you can't shut down Julio. You just can stop him from scoring. So if he scores a little bit more, Let's say he gets you 11 touchdowns and gives you the same amount of yardage. Then, I mean, that's even better season. But like you said, we yeah. got to see him score more. That's a monster season. Now, I have Julio. I'm not going to disagree with this. I like Julio at number two. I have him a spot lower. I have him at number three. And I looked up his red zone target percentage, his target shares in the red zone, and it's only at 23% compared mm-hmm. to the other two. So that has to go up. And I think that this year it might be that way. Um, well, hopefully it's that way. And the reason I say it is because Dirk Cutter is the new offensive coordinator um, for the Falcons, and he used to be with the Bucks. And I'll go into it a little later about uh, Mike Evans and how he was targeted in the red zone. But I see something similar happening with Julio Jones' target share inside the red zone, uh, kind of similar to what Mike Evans see, saw under Dirk Cutter while he was there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. But like like I said, it's already been mentioned. Julio is a solid receiver. He's going to get you a boatload of targets. He's going to get you a bunch of yards. I just want to see that if he could score more, he would definitely be a top two receiver, like hands down. In PPR, Julio is a monster. So it's it's like I said, it's out of those three guys. It's out of Adams, Hopkins, or or Julio, whatever your flavor is. Okay. So for my number three, I have Michael Thomas. Really? Yeah, I do. Um, now, I'm going to just say, like like we said, I'm going to say this again. I had a real hard time with the rankings. Did it four or five times. Revised it. I actually had him a little lower at first, but I moved him. I think I had him at about five, but I moved him up two spots. Um, last season, 125 receptions, uh, 1,400 yards, 11.2 average with nine touchdowns. Now, the reason why I moved him up or, you know, or why I had him lower is because of the Saints receiving core because Michael Thomas gets a lot of attention, and I think that's why his numbers look how they look. Um, 
which but I mean they are great numbers. But what separates him from the top two spots or or the uh you know from the DeAndre Hopkins and the Julio is the inconsistency. But I don't think I could blame this on him all the way. You know, he gets a lot of attention, but he also gets a lot of receptions, you know, or he catches the ball a lot. Last season he started with uh 16, 16 for 180 and one touchdown. The first, the very first week of the season, right? He follows that up with 12 for 89, two touchdowns the very next week. And then follows that up with 10 for 129. Pretty good, right? But the only <laughs> thing is from week four to eight, he has he had less than 90 yards receiving. Then week nine, he had a monster game against the Rams. Uh, for like 211 yards. And then for the next eight weeks, he only had one game above 100 yards. So um, I think he should remain top three. But the only thing um, about the Saints, like I said, is the receiving core. And that has to get better because I guarantee you if, you know, the Saints have another receiver that steps up, he could possibly top Julio or um, DeAndre Hopkins. Says, you know, he doesn't he doesn't get hurt. Mike Thomas definitely is a game changer, but you can see the way, let's say for instance, uh when we played the Saints, we double tripled Mike Thomas and the Saints had nobody else that could produce for them. So hopefully that changes, but it's hard to disagree with the numbers. I mean, he got the numbers. He right he right there with Julio and DeAndre Hopkins, as far as dominating the game, there's nothing you can do to stop him. You've seen him against the playoffs in the Eagles. Let's go to the last game. Like he he torched the Eagles. It was nothing they could do. Double team, like it was nothing they could do. But that's only if other receivers step up to play. So I'm putting, I'm keeping him at three until you know for right now. Let's just say for right now. It might change, but I'm keeping him at three right now because I'm expecting other receivers for the Saints to step up. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and borrow a line from Stephen A. Smith, and I don't really like to do this because I don't really care for Stephen A. Smith, but I'm going to have to say it. Stay off the weed! <laughs> there is no way in the world... Look, and I, Mike, Mike Thomas is a good, he's a good receiver. There's no doubt in that. He's definitely top 10. He's not top 3. At all, I have I have Mike Thomas on my list in the top ten. He's ranked eight. Okay. Now, he had 147 targets last year. That's 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 like almost 30, 20 some high twenties. He's missing targets from in comparison to the top three. He got frozen out of the end zone the last six weeks of the fantasy season. That means. When you had when you needed him the most, he disappeared. Now, if you're in PPR, he might have helped you out. He might not have. I don't know what the score is over for those the last six weeks. He only scored one touchdown the last six weeks of the season. True. If I have him on my squad, I'm trying to trade him because there's no. no I don't need I need production in the playoffs, man. <laughs> I need production when I'm trying to get to this to the fantasy championships. Mike Thomas was a no show. In terms of scoring touchdowns, now, if I went over his numbers the last six weeks, 
we'd be able to see where he was at, you know, PPR wise and stuff like that. But that's not good to be. Now he did have nine touchdowns on the season. That's great. But he did. He had how many games was it that he had more than two touchdowns or two touchdowns, at least two touchdowns. He's he scored most of his production earlier on in the season. Yeah. That's not good. If I want a wide receiver, now I will say this: in PPR, he's probably he's more than likely a magnet. He's get he get, he still gets a ton of targets, and he still has a high uh, catch percentage. He don't drop much. Th- that's so, what I'm right now. That's that's, that's one of my arguments. Um, hold on, but I do like you expect a better season from again. The Kirkwood, they got uh math. They added in Matthews. Traquan Smith started showing some, um, you know, some flashes. I I think the Saints receiving core will step up and be able. We may see like something like how it was with like AB and Juju. We may we we may see somebody try to fill that Juju spot. But that's hopefully. But even still, he's I think he's top three. Bro, you're he's putting me to three. sleep. You're putting me to sleep. <laughs> he's not top three. Devontae Le- 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 Adams not number one. If that's the case, if you put Devontae Adams and Mike Thomas in a lineup and say, these are the two guys you get to pick first overall, I guarantee you any amount of money, they're going after Devontae Adams over Mike Thomas. And wait, 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 you, know wait, wait. What? you know what? I'm going to put that on a poll. Uh, I'm going to put that on a poll this week. And we're going to see if you had a chance to pick Devontae Adams or Michael Thomas. Number one overall, who would you pick? Before you, before you, before we move on to four, um, let me ask you a couple quick questions, right? Shoot. Who had more receptions? Devontae Between... Adams or Mike Thomas? I believe Mike Thomas did. Who had more yards, Devontae Adams or Mike Thomas? Uh, off the top, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Thomas. Yeah, no, it's not off the top. That's what it was. Um, okay. What's the yardage? Devontae Adams had four more touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So two out of okay. the three major two out of the three major stats, Michael Thomas is beating your number one receiver. So I have more of a case at Michael Thomas being number three than you got Devontae being number one. Okay. And the point differential between since you're such a math and numbers whiz. <laughs> Devontae Adams had two hundred and eighteen yards. I mean, I'm sorry. He's had 218 fantasy points last year. Mike mm-hmm. Thomas had 190 fantasy points last year. Now, that might not seem like a big difference. It's not a big difference, especially if I'm ranking somebody at number three where you ranking them at number one. Yeah, but that the yardage is going to come. Mike Thomas, <laughs> that's, all he, that's all he can do. Wait, wait, time out. And even the yardage difference isn't that big of a difference. Uh, Mike Thomas had fourteen hundred just over, and Devontae mm-hmm. Adams had thirteen eighty six. But who had so more? It's not though. a big discrepancy. Who had more though? Okay, I'm. A, no, I, wait, I see. Why? Why are you still looking at that? I want to see if I can destroy your point of having Devontae number one. Who had more fantasy points between Devontae, Julio, and Hopkins? Who had more fantasy points? Well, who had more fantasy points between? Devontae, Hopkins, and Julio. Um, where is Devontae ranked? 
within that I top three? It's Hopkins, but it's barely it's barely a lead. It's like one point. Okay, okay Hopkins. And what about Julio? Is he ranked above Devontae? No, he's not. Okay. Well, 212, 200, yeah, exactly. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For my number four, for my number four wide receiver, I got Juju Smith Schuster. Some people are skeptical about what Juju can do because the, uh, Antonio Brown's not there anymore. But I think he had enough of a, enough of a rapport with Big Ben the last uh, last season and the season before that that Ben trusts him. He got targeted. Uh, he saw 166 targets. He only saw three less targets than Antonio Brown did last year. He averaged 18, uh, almost 18 fantasy points uh, per game last season. And now Antonio Brown's not there. Juju's the number one guy, and I think he's gonna see he's gonna see a significant bump in targets this year. He should because Antonio Brown's one sixty nine is gone. So that leaves that that target share has to be disseminated between, you know, maybe Vance McDonald, uh, James Conner should see some out, some more out of the backfield. Um, Dante Moncrief and James Washington, they're, they're, everybody's going to get a piece of that pie, but I think Juju's going to get an even more, a bigger piece of that pie um, coming in uh, for the Steelers next season. And I really like the, uh, the upside that he has uh, heading into the 2019 season. If he's, at, if he's the fourth wide receiver coming off the board, I feel comfortable having him as my wide receiver one. I will not argue with that point. Even though I don't have Juju that high, I have him at seven. But I will not argue with anything you just said because that's kind of like my same argument for having a seven. I do think four a little bit high, but I won't argue. I won't argue that. Who I have at four um, is Odell. And one of the things we were talking about before we even started getting into the rankings was how bad Eli was, right? So four out of five seasons, Odell. Well, Odell, let's just say, you know, we all know he's been playing with Eli. But four out of five seasons, Odell has put up a 1,000-yard season with three out of the five being double-digit TDs. Last season, he had 77 receptions for just over 1,000 yards with a 14 average and six touchdowns. Um, now, he moves to the Browns with the younger quarterback, who we all would agree is pretty good, uh, Baker Mayfield, who has potential to be elite. Um and they have, and the Browns have also a nice receiving core. Um, you got Landry, you got Higgins, and you got some, you got even some uh, troublemakers in the backfield as well. So I'm expecting Odell this season to kind of have like a Terrell Owens like year. I'm talking about like 1,600 yards and 15 touchdowns. Like I think Odell has that type of potential. He has, um, you know, route running, you know, check, hands, check, speed, check. Quick. Like, Odell has all the intangibles to be the best receiver in the league, but I think Eli, you know, is or was hindering him. So now he moves, you know, he get a fresh start with Baker, get a fresh start with a new team. I believe Odell will have a, will, you know, will have a pretty good season. I think he should be, I think he should be top five. Off of that alone, just the upgrade from the quarterback, that alone should boost Odell higher on fantasy, you know, on uh, people's fantasy list. 
and especially with you know with the news coming out or you know with Vegas odds they have the Browns supposed to be winning that division and you just talked about Juju in the same division with Odell now they got the Browns supposed to be winning you know that division so if that's the case a big a big part of that is to Odell so I can't knock that I gotta put him at four um I I'm I'm fine with Odell at four. I actually have Odell a little bit lower. I have him ranked six. Um, and the reason is all those things that you said about Odell is correct. Um, he does have the talent. He does have the hands. He has the speed. And he's just that dynamic. But I think when you switch him from New York to Cleveland, there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve because now you have uh, a wide receiver who – I mean, a quarterback in Baker Mayfield who's not afraid to um, throw the football downfield, but he has to he has to uh, take the next step in his evolution as a quarterback, you know, coming from a rookie to a second year. And that uh, that could be a little bit of a hindrance because Mayfield is not only getting more of the system um, to him, but now he has new weapons to deal with, um, you know, the running game is going to be a little bit different now because now you have uh, Nick Chubb as the number one running back, whereas you had him behind Carlos High half of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, how are the targets going to be disseminated between Odell Beckham and uh, Jarvis Landry and David and Joku? And like, there's still some things that needs to be worked out. I still think um, Odell is going to have a really good season, and I think by proxy. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to have a really good season. But he, Baker, Mayfield has to continue to trend upward as a quarterback, and I think that'll whether Baker does that will greatly impact Odell Beckham uh, heading into – as they get through the 2019 season. Right. Um, for number five, I have uh, Mike Evans. Now – It's not bad either. The only – every. The only thing that concerns me about Mike Evans is Jameis Winston. But <laughs> before you continue, he's such a, he's have, such a Before you continue, I have Mike Williams. I mean, I'm sorry, Mike Williams. Mike Evans <laughs> ranked six, but okay, it's the only reason why too is because of Jameis. So go ahead. I'm not gonna argue with it. <laughs> See, Winston's a knucklehead, and he's he hasn't been very good uh, throwing a deep ball. Um. But I think with I think there's a lot of hope that Bruce Arians can mold Jameis Winston into a better quarterback than he has been uh, since he came into the league. If Bruce Arians can do that even just a little bit, that might trend upward. Uh, that may trickle down towards uh, Mike Evans. The only thing I want to see Mike Evans do or be better at is inside the red zone. Um, he only saw a 16 point target share percentage last season he did catch nine touchdowns but that's very that's a little low for a guy like him um he should be getting at least 10 to 12 touchdowns a year i mean you they have other weapons like they have cameron Braid, they have oj howard they have chris godwin who uh showed off last year but he's mike evans should be one of your go-tos in the red zone and if he's getting doubled or tripled down there, that's one thing. But if I'm Jameis, if I'm Jameis Winston, I'm looking at Mike Evans to score. 
And as big as he is, there's not going to be a lot of DBs that can handle him. If his target share goes up, um, he's going to be a problem this year. But I have him ranked at five. Okay, so for my five, I have Antonio Brown. Um, Ooh. Yeah, now this one was kind of a reach, I think. But at the same time, I think it's I think it's hard to keep A.B. out of the top five. Um, 104 receptions for 1,300 yards, 12-and-a-half average of 15 touchdowns. Um, but the re- biggest reason, because I would have had him higher, of course, if he was with the Steelers, but the biggest reason is because the change from Big Ben to Derek Carr. Um, but since 2013, A.B. hosted 11 I'm, – I'm sorry, 1,000-yard uh, seasons. And out of those past six seasons, four of them were double-digit touchdowns. Um, the Raiders don't have the team that the Steelers had before, um, but they still have a pretty decent run game. Derek Carr is still a pretty decent QB. Um, and now A.B. can focus on him, hopefully. Um, but I believe he should still be ranked top five, um, but not above the four I mentioned him due to just the change from Big Ben to Derek Carr. Okay. I think it's like it's really hard to keep A.B. out of the top five, in my opinion. See, now I have him ranked seven. And the reason is not because he lacks the talent. It's because of the Oakland Raiders offense as a whole. Um, and it starts with Derek Carr. Um, he's shown before that he can deliver as a QB, but he hasn't done that the last couple of seasons. Right. And that's what makes me a little bit leery. Plus, the way the offense looked last year, it was it seemed like it was very short to mid-range. And now they've added two guys that can go deep. It's if if Derek Carr can Derek Carr needs to come out of his shell. Whatever was going on last year, like it that he can't play like that with Antonio Brown and Terrell Williams there. Antonio Brown's just too dynamic of a receiver, and he's got a chip on his shoulder this year because I bet you any amount of money he wants to prove that it's not uh, Big Ben and the Steelers' offense that made him great, but it was Antonio Brown. Now, if Antonio Brown could somehow make Derek Carr great, that would be that would be great all over the board because now you know Derek Carr not getting drafted in fantasy right. uh, this year, so he'd right. be a nice waiver wire pickup. But I have it's a new system in Oakland. They're going to make a transition from a. I, it looks like to me they're going to be making a transition from the short game to a more dynamic downfield type of uh, offense. Mm-hmm. So. Along with the fact that I think right now Derek Carr is a downgrade from Big Ben, so I Antonio Brown might be due for a little regression this year. I can't see him putting up the same numbers that he put in Pittsburgh. He should still have a good season, but not. He, I don't think he's going to see anywhere close to the num- the amount of targets and touchdowns that he had last year. It's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of a B. <laughs> just looking, you know, just going through his career, going through his stats, A.B. is a Hall of Famer. I don't think any receiver in the history of NFL has put together six straight thousand-yard seasons. Like, I think he's the only one to do that. And it's so, like, it's so hard to rank him or not put him in top five. Because let's take your list, for example. You got Juju four. Well, A.B. made Juju. Like, what A.B. was able to do, or because of his talent, 
made Juju even better, made Juju have even more opportunities. So I think they go hand in hand, which is why I don't have them too far off from each other in the rankings. Okay. All right. So we did we covered five. We covered six. Um, we covered who do you have for your seven? Mike Evans. Okay. I think you did but, say that. But say I, I like I said, I agree with you on everything that you said. I I will say though, before we move on to to the next one, um, that I do feel like Mike Evans is severely underrated. I would um, agree. Most people don't most people will go for the five I just mentioned, Hopkins, Julio, Odell, A B. Like they'll, but people completely forget how valuable Mike Evans is to fantasy. Like, dude, is a monster. He is just as much as a monster um, as the other receivers we mentioned. But like you said, he's he's barely existent, or he's barely there in the red zone. So we just got to see more of that. But um, I agree with everything you said. Jameis is the only reason why he's ranked that where he's ranked. <laughs> All right, so let's keep going. I think um, I already mentioned number eight was Mike Thomas. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What? What did you have for six? I had uh, Odell Beckham for six. Okay, that's why we did. But, okay, who you got for seven? Because we didn't do seven. Uh, for seven, I have Antonio Brown. Oh, okay, so there's no reason. And for seven, I got Juju. So there's no reason to even go through ones we already explained. But go ahead. Eight, yeah. eight is cool. Yeah, and I already explained Mike Thomas. Did right. you have anybody? Who did you have for eight? Eight. I have Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan Allen. Wow, really? Yeah, I do. Ooh. Um, This may be a little bit biased, but maybe not. I love a Keenan Allen. Um, I also like Mike Evans. Think he is severely underrated uh, for what he does for the Chargers team, and I see – him taking a big or you know taking a big turn next season. The past two seasons he's been great. Um he's a great route running, got great hands. Um he even thinks that he's one of the best receivers in the league and he has the potential to be. Um and the Chargers where they were last season, I expect them to be a little bit better, uh, especially with this news that just happened that you know was going on with Tyreek Hill. I expect them to be way better than the Chiefs and I expect them to take that next leap. Um, but I I love Keenan Allen at eight. <laughs> it may be biased, but I just love Keenan Allen at eight. I mean, I that's, that's, that's your pick. I got him. He's not in my uh, top ten. He's in he's my top ten. He's in my 11 through 20. Uh, but he's the, he, he's not top ten to me. I think there's the next two guys you can debate on whether you, you would have them over Keenan Allen. Right. My number nine is uh, A.J. Green. Um, I think that you, you know have, what you have a new head coach in Zach Taylor who came from the Rams. Uh, you have him coming back from injury last season. That toe injury was that did a number on him. But he's healthy. I think he's going to have a rebound year. He is the Bengals' go-to guy in the in the end zone. I could see him approaching double-digit touchdowns. At, at least because of who they have there. Tyler Boyd is going to show out and help him out too. Um, 
the injuries, the two of the last three seasons he's had injuries, that's what makes him a little bit more of a risk. And he's a little older than most of the guys on the list. So those are the factors of why I have him at nine. But I think A.J. Green is due for a good bounce-back year, and he should be heavily targeted this year. Okay, so my number nine is T.Y. Hilton. That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, with Andrew Luck healthy, I mean, last season he had 76 receptions, uh, just under uh, 1,300 yards with a 17-17 average. Um, and six touchdowns. Um, I think Ty is one of one of, if not the best deep threat in the league. And like I said, with Luck being healthy, I see Ty taking a bigger step ahead. Um, past five out of the six seasons, he had a thousand yards. But the only thing that bothers me about Ty is he does not score often. Um, never since he's been in the league posted a double-digit TD season, and he is just not a red zone target. Um, but I think number nine may be like. That may be like the perfect spot for him, um, like just barely making the top ten. But um, Ty, like I said, I mean, uh, with a seventeen, with a seventeen catch average, that's that's big time. Um, mm-hmm. I just I just need him to turn that more into points. Um, you know, you get a lot of yards, but um, he don't turn those often into points. So I just need him to also become a little bit more of a red zone target. But um, outside of that, that's all. That's all I got on Ty. I think all we right, may have so. the same ten, and I'm going <laughs> off of your QB ranking. Okay, so for my ten, I have Amari Cooper. All right, there we go, Will. Now, a lot of people are, and I, I've just gazed over some of the tweets that I've had with Cowboys fans and it's been very up and down, but I think the overall thing is that people are leery of is trusting that the offense for the Cowboys is actually going to be better than it was last year. I think that Amari Cooper is going to have a really good year because the offense will be better. It may not be, you know, it may not, it may be mid range in the NFL uh, in terms of, I say maybe like, Let's say the top 15. Mm-hmm. But considering where they were last year in the red zone, uh, overall passing, getting to 15 or in the mid-range is still good mm-hmm. considering what the Cowboys were able to do with a minimal passing attack last year. Right. Kellen Moore should be moving the offense into the 21st century. Uh, even though the offense, the passing offense was kind of bad last year, Amari Cooper still finished as the top 20 wide receiver. Yeah. He had a, a, a 32.1% end zone share in targets last year. That should go up. Um, to, uh, he's in a contract year. He's trying to get paid. So you know that means he should show out this year. Um, it's just too many pluses. It, but it's, it's too many pluses, but it's just enough uncertainty because nothing is concrete yet. So I think at 10 would be a nice spot to have him uh, if you can get him as a wide receiver. He may go as a wide receiver too, but he has he definitely has wide receiver one upside. Right. Now, I, like I said, I agree with everything you said. And I figured um, I'm not going to give these – I'm not going to give our listeners a sneak peek of his QB rankings. But ah, this kind of ties <laughs> in to what your rankings. But like I said, um, 
ever since he hit Dallas. I mean, or even if you want to go back to where he was Oakland, um, he let's he had a couple he had a couple uh really good games uh, when he was in Oakland. Although he took a loss to Denver, he had ten catches for a buck sixteen. Um, then Cleveland with with Oakland, he had eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, he had eight catches for 128 yards. Then when he get to Dallas, like the way he turned around our offense, like it went from oh god, we about to go three and thirteen to winning the division. Like he changed that completely, and then just being able to have a full season with. You know, with Dak and with the Cowboys, and Michael Gallup got the jitters out, and we got Randall Cobb to even add into the passing. We got Witten back to coach up Jarwin and them boys. Like, I think Amari Cooper is about to have a like phenomenal year. He want to have two thousand yards. Um, I don't. Like I said, I still don't have an opinion on that. But it's hard to argue against what he did when he came in Dallas. Even that first game, um, against Tennessee, although we lost, you kind of seen like his impact on the game. Uh. Although he had 58 yards receiving, he did have a touchdown in that game. Um, the very first game against Philly the next week, um, he had 10 targets, but he caught six of them for 75 yards. Like, he changed oh, he changed completely the way the Cowboys run the offense with a new offensive coordinator. I see nothing but, like, an upside for Amari. Like you said, he could be a good number two, but if you draft him number one, you might – you might take the league by, you might take your fantasy league by storm. Um, anytime a dude gets the ball thrown thirteen times and catch ten of them for two seventeen and three touchdowns, you can't. I mean, you can't do that's that's phenomenal. Like <laughs> he alone changed the Cowboys. So I also had him ranked at ten, and I kind of figured you would too. So can't argue with the can't argue with you there. Mm, great minds, great minds. <laughs> but that'll wrap up our wide receiver rankings one through ten. Uh, please, after you listen to this episode, let us know what you think. Um, we always like to have feedback from our followers on Twitter, um, our followers on Instagram. We will be posting our our rankings as well on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And feel free to comment. Uh, like I said, we always appreciate what people think and whether they like our rankings or not. And we always like to have the conversation, uh, you know, whether or not people like our rankings. They like, you know, oh, man, this guy shouldn't have been this high or that right. guy should have been too low. We always like to have a conversation as to why we have them there in more depth uh, through our social media. Yep. So that'll wrap it up for this episode. Um, closing remarks. You got anything you want to say? I do. It has nothing related. It's nothing football related. I have a couple remarks, actually. All right. The very first <laughs> thing is nothing football related. But I feel like we got to boycott NBC because they're trying to take the office from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> so I need everybody to put in this protest because they can't remove that from Netflix. All right. Why are they trying to take it from Netflix? I have no idea. I think it's because of the ratings that Netflix is getting just because of the office alone. That's what I think. Um, but then, also, um, what we got? 72 more days before the NFL starts? 72? 73? Something like that? 70? Mm-hmm. I'm so- somewhere in the 70s. Um, so, I want to say I'm done bullying 
people on Twitter with football-related stats until uh, until football season starts. No more bullying. Yeah, you're such a you're such a meanie out there, man. I didn't see it. I'm like, oh my god, what is going on? I'm like, oh god, it's the Cowboys again. I'm like, even I'm trying to chill. Like, I'm not I'm not doing no more beef until like maybe training camp or preseason start. Right. Because I got I got a lot of stuff to do, man. Like, I got to get these leagues going. You know, people owe me money. You know, we got to get this stuff going for the uh, certain leagues. They want uh. I know one of my leagues, they have, uh, they need to pay these fees so we can mm-hmm. get our CBS <laughs> league back to go, man. So, oh, the commissioner's before duty. Before I forget, before I forget, I did say that I would give some props, this may shock you, to Tony Romo. I did say I would do that on a podcast. Oh, is that, is that from the, the uh, poll you did? Kinda, but not really. <laughs> Uh, if y'all don't know, if you don't follow me on Twitter, I ran a poll, which Will is talking about, to see who was a better quarterback between Romo and McNabb. Although they have similar stats, they out, don't. Of eight, even, <laughs> out of 880, out of 888 votes, um, Tony Romo got 88% of that. So, Thank you, Cowboys Nation, <laughs> for shutting that poll down, because that was some hot garbage behind that poll. It wasn't, it wasn't, now it wasn't biased, but what I did, now what I want people to understand on Twitter is if you go back and look at my old tweets, Romo, while he played for us, I would never go as far as bashing a player while Mm. they play for us. Mm. Will, you know this more than anybody. I don't, I don't hate Romo, but I don't understand the praise that he gets for the team or, and all his accomplishments that he has. Uh, you know, that he beat when he only has won two playoff games in 10 years. So I just want to let all my Cowboys fans know I do not hate Tony Romo. I actually like Romo. I just don't think he deserves the praise that y'all are giving him. But I promise that I will give him props on our podcast. So there you go, Romo. Yeah, I'm going to retweet that. <laughs> I'm gonna retweet that poll because I'm feeling well, a bit let me go petty. ahead and delete it while I'm talking nope, right now. You better not. I'm gonna screenshot that bad boy. But that is it for our episode four. Uh we appreciate all our listeners and be sure to check us out in our next episode where we go over eleven through twenty and finish out our wide receiver rankings. But until then, you guys take it easy. <laughs>